season even though the season has took two years there's no such thing as a season what's a season what's a season what's a tv show what's a podcast what's a film uh it's our right to do this with as much frequency as we like and clearly it's about once every six ish months that's being so generous it is probably longer than that look we things happen life gets busy i feel like every time we have an episode it is, we have the most traumatic shit happen to us in between episodes. Well, I mean, I've had it. Com- I've, I've been to, fine. Compared to the last time we recorded, yeah, mine's everything's been fine. actually going pretty peachy. <laughs> yeah, mine's been fine, mine's been great. <laughs> like, it's not necessarily trauma, it's good trauma, but... It's good damage. <laughs> What's your damage? So, are you ready to start? Yeah, alright, why not? So, this episode is on celebrities in gaming, and all that means. So, celebrity in gaming is a weird but predictable phenomenon. There are two types of celebrities in games, celebrities who have cameos in video games and celebrities who have their own video games. I feel like the 2000s were prime for celebrities with their own video games. While modern celebrities have cameos in games, such as Ariana Grande being a summonable in Final Fantasy mobile game, or Stormzy being in Watch Dogs 2, which I think is hilarious. Oh no, I love it. <laughs> I see it there. But although in the like same vein as those kinds of open world uh, games, like Saint Row has Burt Reynolds, Crackdown has Terry Crews, GTA has in Sky Fiera as, a ra- as one of the radio hosts. That's so fun. But in the early 2000s, we saw celebrities with their own games as a common occurrence. With games such as Tony Hawk franchise, the 50 Cent Blood on the Sand game and John Madden American Football games being on most gamer shelves. Which, sidebar, Blood on the Sand is a cracker of a game, may we add. It's been, I watched some reviews and it was a wild time. So it makes sense that game companies would slap on a celebrity onto an already decent game and to turn a relatively decent profit from the recognition of the celebrity alone. This isn't to say that some games are out of imagination. There are definitely some gems in the mix. I spent so many hours of my life playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 and Tony Hawk Underground. Also, to tie in the season finale with the first episode, the first video game to feature a performance of an established celebrity was Night Trap in 1992, starring Dana Plato of Different Strokes. Similar, it all comes back around, it's full circle. Uh, similar to Night Trap in the same vein as like FMV games of the same era, Christopher Walken uh, was in one called Ripper, and he played the titular the titular Ripper. So, so the only in horror games. <laughs> only in full motion video But you always games. think they would get maybe horror game, or like horror show, horror TV show, horror film, actors to play these no but just getting people from different strokes yeah just get just getting random people so one thing i thought was weird when i was researching what game to deep dive on is how male focused a lot of the articles were i feel like celebrity shovelware aimed at girls was prime in the 2000s this makes sense this is an era where girls were starting to be seen as untapped demographic of gamers and since parents may not know what type of games for their, to buy for their daughters a game with a well-known celebrity that was usually associated with girls might be an easy way for parents to buy these games for their kid. But even on Wikipedia for celebrities in video games, almost all of the celebrities were male celebrities in sports games or like athletic games like such as Tony Hawk, Shaq, Bruce Lee, Tiger Woods. I don't know why this was weird to me. There's no mention of Katy Perry in the Sims 3 Sweet Cheese expansion. There's no mention of the Spice Girls game or the Kim Kardashian Hollywood game. 
which was one of the, if not the best selling mobile game of 2014. It feels like there's a big gap in the history of the early 2000s gaming. I'm not saying that the celebrity video games are high art, but I know a lot of these types of games were marketed towards girls, and it seems like their experience with these games are left out of the conversation. I mean, I think that's mostly got to do with people doing the record keeping just either don't view them as like real games or most of the people doing all of this archiving of old games are coming from a, a male perspective so they probably don't have any idea that this this like subgenre exists. It's so weird to me because I feel like... I would also just like to point out the best celebrity tie-in video game is Azealia Banks' Fantasy, the video game, where you could win a signed copy of the Fantasy CD. was that? Why was that um, on the article? I tried to, I tried to download it and find it as part of research for this podcast, but it is dead. <laughs> well, this is why I decided to do one of the more infamous celebrity games that was aimed at girls. Mary Kate and Ashley, Magical Mall Mystery. Listen, this game was wild. In a good way, but still wild. Are you ready to hear about it? Always. So, Mary Kate Ashley, Magical Mystery Mall. Ooh, I can't believe you gave yourself a little tongue twister to say. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to call this game Mary Kate Ashley MMM, <laughs> which is worse. Mary Kate and Ashley, Magical Mystery Mall was developed by Endspace and Tatalus Media. I feel like I'm correct. What are words? I just, How are they pronounced? T A N T A L U S. I mean, they're definitely gone first, so who cares? It was published by Acclaim Entertainment in the early 2000s. On RIP. On Wikipedia, its genre is defined as various, but the genre I think best applies is psychological horror. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've sold me. Because, oh my god, these girls are absolutely the villains in this game. In the beginning of the game, we find our girlies, Mary Kate and Ashley, in the mall <laughs> on a rainy Sunday. Where they go up to a shopping stand that is selling jewelry. They a shopping out. stand. A shopping stand. My no, like <laughs> that's what my that's my favourite place to go. In it's not like you know one of those a stall. No, yeah, like no when you walk into like yeah. So you know when you walk into a shop like a mall, like a shopping centre, and you see like those things that are, like we're selling phone cases, and it's just like in the middle of the shop. next to like the bleachers that eat like people's foot skins. Yeah, so like that's the vibe. So. They pick up a heart-shaped friendship necklace that has two parts that join together. You know, it's like when it's like a lot of heart was like, yeah, one yeah, says yeah. theft and the other says friends and they connect together. It's so cute. It says friend, the other says enemy. <laughs> so Mary Kate mentions how weird the necklace is as the shop owner approaches. And then Ashley faces the shop owner and says quite loudly, speaking of weird. Like, damn Ashley, <laughs> what is your damage? Like, damn girl. Like, you didn't need, like... It's not quiet, this girl can hear you. <laughs> this minimum wage worker, you're just reading them. <laughs> no, literally, she even says she's minimum wage. So, like, the owner is dressed like a fortune teller outfit and is put on a weird fortune teller voice, which I can only assume is supposed to be a Romanian accent, before swiftly reverting back to hold American accent after saying that she's not paid enough to do this. The shop owner sells the necklace to the girls for $5 as it's meta love is magical gems, and it is pretty old. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I'm just loving the idea that, that that this character was willing to like half-heartedly put on their like Romany airs and then immediately just drop it when they can't. She was like, "I'm actually not paying enough for this." It's like, "Oh, you insulted me, so I'm gonna try and make you think you're racist." But now I know that's not gonna work. <laughs> I'm just gonna drop it. Well, so the shop owner sells the girl to five dollars. 
but like Mary Kate and Ashley go to bed rich. Yeah, well, I mean, I get. Would you know Mary Kate and Ashley? Yes. I mean, that's it a is the early two thousands. They are like the Kim Kardashian of their time. Like everyone knows who they are. So the shopkeeper wants the girlies to be careful not to join the two pieces of the necklace together, as because gems are missing, strange things could happen if they put the necklace together. Mary Kate and Ashley then call the shop owner crazy and join the necklaces together. <laughs> Mary Kate and Ashley are not the heroes in this story. Well, to me, it seems like that they're about to enter the Silent Hill three dimension. <laughs> Funny you mention that. <laughs> I legitimately think that Silent Hill three was inspired by this game because the more section, everything else. So. Time freezes to a halt, making all the other customers in the mall freeze in place. And then Mary-Kate says to Ashley, Ashley, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Which, like, girly, that does not make sense in this context. You did not leave the mall. You just froze everyone in place because of your hubris that nothing would go wrong. Like, you can't just be like, you can't just throw out a phrase because, like, it doesn't work in this setting. Like, you haven't, you haven't changed, the world has changed around you. You have not changed location. Yeah. So the shop owner, who wasn't affected by the time freeze, apparently. Sorry, I do have one question that I Go forgot to it. ask at the start. Are they voiced by Mary Kate yeah. and Ashley? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's them. It's like their faces were made in, like with their model, if that makes sense. It doesn't really look like them, but well, it is no, them. There's only so much you can do with eight polygons. Yeah. Like... So the shop owner, who was not affected by the time freeze, then approaches Mary Kate and Ashley, and it's all like, "Guess you two didn't listen, you dumb bitches." Now go find the missing gems so you can fix the mess you've made. The gems can be found in stores around the mall after you complete the challenges in the stores. So basically, they won't go to stores, complete a challenge, easy. Does each shop have a corresponding, like, challenge? Like, you go yeah. to a sports store and you've got to do a sports thing? Yeah. So, the shop owner says that if you don't get all the gems, they're stuck in the mall forever and they won't have any money to buy anything. Which, again, <laughs> these people are rich. And, like... That should not be your main focus. You have froze people in time. I enjoy the the version of hell they're being presented with is that you are unable to spend money in the in the mall. Like that's their worst. I nightmare. think this that I think plays heavily into the deep horror aspect of this game. I think that this game is the inspiration between Silent Hill Freeze Mall section, as I said. I mean from a script, everyone. Um, Mary Kate and Ashley are also weirdly calm about not only discovering that magic exists, but also the fact that they froze a bunch of people in time. They also aren't apologetic for freezing these people, oh, only for the fact they got caught. No, like, there's, there, why would they be apologetic? It's like, well, it's fine, we're fine. Yeah, it's not, it's, what's up with Duck's back? Like, like, what were you going to do anyway? Go home to your normal family and live your normal life? Like, know. ugh. The first minigame slash challenge is called the Lizzie's Lunch. Mary Kate and Ashley need to serve customers the right food in order to earn enough money to be awarded the gem. Basically, it's a matching game that rises in difficulty over five rounds. How do they serve the customers food when they're all frozen? We're gonna get into this. Because <laughs> I think that heavily plays into the psychological horror that is this game. So first, you get to play as either twin, which is always fun for the mini games. In the beginning, you get to choose. You, you they look the same because they're twins. Yeah, I mean, does it, but it's a fun little like. Ooh, does one have be? different abilities to the other? One gets to see how you're gonna die, and the other one gets to see when you're gonna die. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, you get to play as either twin. But what I love is that the other one, like the other twin, will help you sometimes by serving drinks and later rounds. I do like that the other twin is not helping you in the first few rounds, because since you're both in this situation, like, Queen, come on, do a little more. 
<laughs> like, come on, give me, give me, a, give me a hand here. Come on. Literally, but you might be thinking that doesn't sound so scary. But again, this is a psychological horror. So for one, if the customers are frozen in time, who are these customers? Are they magical construct? It is a Silent Hill situation, but these are manifestations of the girls in the psyche, like in Silent Hill. If so, what do they represent? Well, it represents their fear of being reduced to the to the service class. They don't uh, like they're so happy with their celebrity status that their their Silent Hill hell is being a service worker. See, I choose to believe that they represent how overworked Mary Kay and Ashley are for their millions of fans in the film industry, always trying to satisfy their endless and rising demands of their fans. But or just find a little mini game. We'll never know. Well, no, we'll never know. We'll I mean, know. do. You, I feel like enough time has passed from this game coming out that if you really wanted to, you could reach out to the four people that developed it and be like, hey. Probably <laughs> reach out to Mary Kate and Ashley for a comment. Like, is this a fun mini game in a shopware game or is this a deep, like, analog horror? And I'd be like, yeah. yeah. Who knows? It was a hell to work for, so who knows? <laughs> it's in the eye of the beholder. So once Mary Kay and Ashley work through this layer of trauma and complete the store challenge, they earn a gem and more of the stores in the, sh- in the mall open up. How fun. So, like, I love that it's not just you can go to any shop and try and get the gems, it's you have to do it in a specific order. Well, I'm not sure. So, I I tried to play this, like, on an emulator, but mine was not working. So, I watched a YouTube video from, I think his name was T- 2Z Porygon, which was very good, do recommend. And I watched, like, a bit of LGR plays, and I think they did different minigames to begin with, but I think the final one is always the same. That makes sense. Well, nice little segue. So mini game two, surfed up. So Mary Kate and Ashley go to a surf shop, but they have to take photos with these two boys without the boys knowing. This is because apparently Mary Kate and Ashley started a rumor that they were besties with these two lifeguards to look cool, even though Mary Kate and Ashley are film stars, and these two lifeguards are really ugly. <laughs> So like, well, also, Mar- I am loving the idea that the lifeguards hang out in the surf shop. Well, no, so this was even weirder. They're like in a beach, like a full beach city. Like, so this magical gem has the ability to make like little like mini like snippet worlds. Oh, like little pocket dimensions. Yeah, it's very weird. Because while Mary Kate also while Mary Kate actually faces look like they were created from scratch, like created with the model, these lifeguards. Oh, like, their faces are, like, the real images of boys. Like, photo, like... Just, like, stretched over Like, superimposed on the game models. So I have to wonder if these, like, competition winners, or if these kids are, like, the creators, like, kids. It's 100% the devs' kids. Like, there's... Joe, one has a bowl cut, and the other one has <laughs> frosted tips. Look, okay, I was about to say, the bowl cut, wrong era. Frosted tips, correct era. <laughs> <laughs> But like, bring them back up, frosted tips. If you look them up online, they look like they were like kidnapped victims. It's so funny. So anyway, since you have people in the more of frozen time in an internal hell, I don't know if the thing that's on their mind is about Mary Kate Ashley's boyfriends. I think other people have bigger problems right now in their lives. They are frozen. Do you think they're aware they're frozen? Uh, I like to believe this is like a godless place. They are fully conscious. It's like, you know, in WandaVision, where, like, the people on the edge of town are, like, aware they're in town, but, like, mm-hmm. 
they're just sort of on like a really like three second loop yeah i feel like it's like that where these people are just like over there they're frozen and they can't do anything about it so like i said this challenge takes place on a beach so again this magic gem can just apparently have it i'm not sure if they like transported into like a mini beach world or what because again america actually were like aware of these boys so like where'd they go well maybe the the necklaces work in a sort of it's all false in their, memories like it's all in their mind kind of thing like they enter the shop and it's like a they they then mentally get transported that like physically they're still in the mall but they're spiritually emotionally, there. <laughs> emotionally they are on the beach i guess that's the whole mystery part of the magical mystery mall <laughs> <laughs> I also said that with, like, locked into your eyes, like, <laughs> like it was, like, an 80s, like, unsolved mysteries, and I, I had, like, my tagline. That this is the thing that, for, that makes it the mystery mall, and not the fact that there's a magic necklace that stops time. Nah. What? Like, that, that's normal. So, in the challenge, the girls are limited to the amount of film they can take. Or the other sister goes up to the boys and poses with them, without the boys noticing. Which I do think is a bizarre concept to teach young girls, but we move. Like, I mean, go up to these random boys who don't know who you are, who you've made lies about, take photos with them so everyone believes your lies. And that's normal. That's normal behaviour. I mean, pretty normal behaviour. Not gonna lie. <laughs> like, I feel like I did that. <laughs> like, let's, let's be real. Teenagers do weird things. True. But the boys, so the boys don't notice. Can you make them, like... No, they're just sort of posing. You just take... One oh, girl's on, like, a track, if that makes sense, and she does, like... You don't control her, you just control when you take the photos. Right, okay. So you've got to get, like, the best photos with, like, the most points. So the boys don't notice they're being stalked for the first half of the challenge. And then once they do realise, they're trying to hide from the girls, which reveals what I believe is a second, what the second challenge represents. I believe it's a deep look into girls' relationship with the paparazzi. Clearly these boys represent the twins. America and Ashley represent the parasocial relationship that the paparazzi have with these two girls. It can be seen as almost predatory in nature. These boys do not want to be stalked and photographed, and neither do America and Ashley. All they can do is pose in one of these manufactured scenes. But that doesn't make the room that they started any more real. Just like how the girls in the paparazzi can make manufactured stories in the media about the girls. So the last few rounds show the boys wanting the attention from the girls and even posing with them. I believe this represents the girls accepting that while the paparazzi is taking advantage of these girls, they'd rather stay in the limelight than fade into irrelevancy. And with that, the final round is complete and they get the next gem and they want to get closer to freedom. What do you think about my deep analysis so far? Uh, I... I love that you were using like the full uh, peel method to prove your points. Like it's Listen, it's iconic. I do. I'm, I think I'm, bu ev I'm buying what you're selling. I though. think every single one of these challenges represents a bit of these girls' but, psyche they need to work through. But I'm not. I'm not sure Mary Kate nor Ashley had direct <laughs> input on this game. So oh, that's even more. What, that's even better. So this is the. This is the thing. I think your reading is still correct. But I think it's a reading of the devs' perspective on Mary Kate and Ashley. See, I like to think of it like a Silent Hill. Like these people were clearly the villains in their lives, and then they've had to go through this forced therapy, forced trauma, to then reevaluate themselves. Because what is their relationship with the film industry? These girls are villains. Mary Kate and Ashley were bullying this poor woman for just working <laughs> in a service job. Like there was no need. Back to your point of the of the lifeguards being analogous of Mary Kate and Ashley. Hmm. Does Mary Kate have the frosted tips, or does Ashley have the frosted tips? Just like in Silent Hill Two, we cannot get every single definition of a monster. 
So what these monsters represent, aka these two boys, can mean so much. <laughs> they can mean they can mean anything. They can mean American Ashley's parents. Look, they can mean American Ashley themselves. The question I'm asking is which one has which, which one of Mary Kate and Ashley has the bowl cut, and which one has the frosted tips? <laughs> we both know it's Mary Kate who has the bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> so mini game three, just say snow. No, I don't know why this sounds weirdly close to the anti-drug slogan, just say no, but I refuse to believe that since this challenge involves snow, because it's a snowballing challenge, and snow is a common slang term for coke, that this is just a coincidence. Could this be a really in-depth look into the drug use in the film industry, maybe? Jeff, let's find out. Let's find out together. Look, I was about to say that that's a little bit of a leap. But is it? I, I think out of so far, out of all the like the three challenges I mentioned, I think for just saying snow, they didn't strike me as coke people though. Well, maybe that's something they've worked through in their teenagers, <laughs> and we didn't get to see in their adult life. So again, you get to choose as one of the twins to race in a snowboard race amongst other competitors. So Joe, you might be thinking, what deep psychoanalytical analysis can be gleaned from just say snow really putting that psychology degree to you <laughs> my two two this is why i need a trampoline for all my leaps and logic <laughs> is it about this challenge's message is just too easy to see no it is literally just <laughs> a snowboarding game where you race downhill maybe it's about how drugs is like riding downhill on a downward slope until you reach rock bottom but Mary Kay and Ashley look like they're having too much fun snowboarding to clear this lesson isn't one that they were internalizing. So with another infinity so Gem. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Season to season has been sent. Another gem has been collected. Also, with more gems that they are collecting, it seems like some of the customers are like under freezing. Like as other stores are like opening, some of the customers are unfreezing. So but like, they don't as... seem to be reacting to the frozen people, so I don't know what's happening. So it's almost as if, like, as they are uh, coming to terms with their trauma, that the world slowly starts to reopen to them. Yeah, it's almost like their eyes are finally open for the first time. <laughs> Mini game four, fash. Sorry, fash. <laughs> Mini game four, fash, but on a fashion show, fash. Fash. With an explanation mark after it. I loved it. No, no, no. Right, no, that. Come on now. Fash, that's so easy. I know, look, I know it was a different time where, like, just saying fash doesn't necessarily immediately mean fascism. However, in the world that we're in now, when you say yeah, fash. You're making some more of the like, You're making some more of your own, like, deep analysis of what's happening. Maybe they're in a fascist state. Right. Maybe the film industry is so fascist. Who knows? Who, I mean, Barney is. Uh, me, definitely. <laughs> so, in this challenge, the top fashion magazines are looking for pictures for their latest issues. Mary Kay and Ashley must pick outfits and model them in a fashion show for the gem. Mary Kay and Ashley know this is going to be tough. It's fascist propaganda. It's, <laughs> it's fashion. <laughs> but is it fashion? Also, this challenge has strong Sims 1 creative energy. Oh, beautiful. And this, the outfits are bad, and I am living for it. Think horse girl mixed with cat girl in a festival. It's like the same person. <laughs> 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 you've no, described like... two identical you've described Mary Kate and Ashley <laughs> so in this one you actually play as both of them but the twins keep saying heart colour this is way cool and I dig this crazy pattern every few seconds I think this is their trauma of the situation finally affecting them so once the twins have picked out their outfits that would land them in the bottom two of a drag race design challenge they have to strut down the runway strike a pose where you take photos of them see I wanna I wanna say that 
it's related to your psychoanalysis, but realistically, the reason why they're repeating the same voice lines is because they could only afford to pay them for three lines. Listen, Joe, mate. So it's like the fog in Silent Hill. A limitation is sometimes part but, of the game design. Look, bring it back. We need more limitations in game design. Yeah. So, Joe, what do you, before I say what I think this represents, what do you think it represents? I think it represents the way that they are always having to present themselves as Mary Kate and Ashley to the world, no mm-hmm. matter what garms they're wearing, and no matter what they do, they've always got to be like on. Like that's my. That's we my are very similar. Way. So I believe this challenge represents how overworked the girls are, as they have to make everything look so effortless and perfect. Even in the most demanding of settings, because if it isn't perfect, the media is not interested in what they have to present. This pressure to be perfect all the time would clearly be traumatic for the girls, who were just teens at the time. But once the girls have proven their worth, they get a gem. They get a gem. They get a, they get a gem. gem. How are you feeling about this game so far? It sounds like a it sounds like a wild ride. It's part of the era of shovelware games where it was right well. You've got you've got three months to make it, so <laughs> fucking push it out the door. And like I think, like actually critically looking at it, it turns it from something that's uh, like a bad game into something that is bad. It's good. If that makes sense. Oh, this was a good game. <laughs> ten out of Don't ten. get it twisted. This is Silent Hill two. Three. Get it right. No, this is this is the real Silent Hill two. <laughs> Actually, it came out in two thousand, which I actually think does make it. I was gonna say I I was gonna look up after the after recording if the timelines match up, but which I is really, which I I don't know. But the image of Team Silent playing Mary Kate and Ashley Ball Mystery is so supremely funny to me. <laughs> so, but Joe, have the twins endured all the challenges? But the more has for them. Who knows? Because only one challenge remains. Will this challenge help the girls through their psychological recovery or the damage that the Hollywood dream has inflicted on them or the twins crumble under pressure? I think they'll overcome it. I think the American actually can do anything. Because they can, have you seen? There's, like, <laughs> they can do it and they can look good doing it. Exactly, they're dolling around. So the final challenge is minigame 5, Music Nation, make a music video. I don't know why the last two had like a little tagline after it when the first ones didn't. They were just like, snow, snow it out. <laughs> Like, it was... No, because I need you to know it's the it's the penultimate one. This is the final no, of that story. The ultimate one. There we go. That's the correct word. This is like... This is their white worm. Also, every, sing- every single one of these uh, trials that they've had to go through is just a Drag Race challenge. <laughs> it's a Drag Race mini challenge. Every single one of them. Joe, Drag Race is Silent Hill. <laughs> drag Race is... Mary-Kate and Ashley created Drag Race. Miss Paul? No. So... In Music Nation, make a music video. They need to make a music video for the producers of a music award show that need a really cool video to kick off their production. In this challenge, the twins must choose from a number of dance options to create a funky dance sequence. Okay, okay. Yeah, it sounds fun. You would think it'd be like a rhythm game. It is not. It is just... <laughs> you just choose the sequences and you go. Oh. Also... Not even like a little, a little ditty, like a little... No. Um, no? So, a lot of these animations are so bad. They're like if The Sims 2 Herbs dance moves had none of the emotion, but all of the drama. Oh my god. So like, they just look soulless as they do like a backflip. It's so fun. I love it. Like, the clearly the people doing the animations are like, right, well, we've got that eight pivot points on this character model, so we've got to make use of what we've got. 
So they get to choose from a selection of music tracks, one of which sounds so similar to the Sonic Heroes theme. Oh my god! <laughs> I like to think America and Ashley just love Sonic Heroes. I mean... And they requested that this was in the game. I, I mean, I feel like Sonic Heroes would have taken it from Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's how the timeline works. Yeah. No. 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 Well, we are in the Silent Hill dimension, yeah. so anything is possible. Who knows? Also, Mastropo has said that she was going to bring the twins back at dancers, but it's literally just Mary Kay and Ashley on that stage. And also, one of the twins is so out of sync with the other, like a full second or two behind the other one, and it's so jarring. Like, I was watching, I was like, what's happening? No, but that's, like, if we're, if we're going... If we're going with the reading that this is oh. all psychological torture... Oh, I have a reading as to what this represents. Like, it's got to be everyone, especially with the backup dancers being promised and there not being any, oh, it's Jones. got to be a, if we're on stage or we're out and about, then what if one of us looks like a cunt and the other doesn't? <laughs> so, you're reaching some of my some of my points that I've... I think this is the penultimate challenge that really represents a lot of Mary Kane Ashley. But first, the twins... Also, keep talking during the music video. Like, girlies, I really don't think the music producers <laughs> want your commentary in the video. Can you imagine if Katy Perry was like, this music is totally rad, in the middle of firework, yes. bizarre behaviour from the girlies. They keep being like, this music is great. And it's like, <laughs> shut up. Like, so you're... If you have to say it's great, you're, it's you're clearly lying. not. So once the twins submit the video to the producers, they gain the fifth and final gem. But what does this challenge represent? I believe the final challenge says a lot about the twins' psyche. For one, since the twins aren't in sync, it could be trying to show that even though they come as a pair, they aren't the same person. One might fall behind while the other prospers. Maybe it's a commentary on how physically demanding this industry can be. How the twins will always have to keep dancing for our entertainment. It could also be about the false promises they are sold, since they were promised back of dancers but never received them. Truly, there is so much discussion that could be had with this one challenge alone, and I honestly believe that. No, I, I agree. It's, <laughs> like... it's interesting when you look back at games like these, and you can ascertain these kinds of readings from them, knowing every... I mean, not that uh, child stars were exactly... Uh, not that we didn't know that it was unhealthy for children to be in that environment <laughs> what do you mean? back I, in the 2000s. I think they had a great time. Just, we are now a lot more acutely aware of how awful it is to be a child star, especially in like, that time period. Were the backup dancers cut due to time development struggles, or for the psyche of the game? To, I mean, column A, column B. Hmm. I like to imagine that if you look really hard, the backup dancers are actually there. Hmm. They're just so small in comparison to Mary Kate. If you have a schizophrenic episode, they are there. But that's part of the DLC of the game. Also, I have a late confession this season. As a as a kid, I uh, I, I wasn't aware that Mary Kate and Ashley were two people. I thought it was I thought they were three. <laughs> Off topic. I would have ate this game up as a kid. I would have. I just. I was watching. I was like, I would have loved this. I mean, same. I mean, my dad would have called me a faggot, but... Well, <laughs> some things are true. <laughs> <laughs> so, now that the gems have all been collected, the twins head back to the shop stall and speak to the shop owner. I also don't think she's a shop owner. I think she just oh, works there. no. I mean... She's the one there. She also is not affected by the time powers, so I actually do think she has a bit of a, like, well, a connection. I've been trying to rack my head who I think she represents, and I think she's the devil. But we'll get into this. Okay. We're actually wrong because they didn't write notes on this, but we will get into this. <laughs> so they talk to the shop owner, and the shop owner is relieved that the 
place is back to normal, as the magical mystery stuff has been bad for business. Which, like, yeah, the Christmas were frozen in time. Yeah, like, it's you really... You could also just rob them. You could, it's really hard to for people to uh, engage in capitalism if they physically cannot move. <laughs> so the twins apologise once more and say how they are ready to shop for the regular kind of shopping. As they walk away, the shop owner asks them if she can interest them in anything else. The girls say no, they're going to stick to buying clothes, as it's a lot safer. But they do keep the necklace, which I think is interesting, because the, because the game ends with the twins high-fiving saying best friends forever. I think it shows that the mall and all the challenges will stay with them. But they have grown from the experience, and I do believe that them keeping the necklace represents them carrying with them the, all that the mall has taught them, and that they will remain best friends forever and they are stronger for surviving the psychological horror dressed as a shuffleware game. Beautiful. See, but if they does the necklace work outside of them all? Like, if they put the necklace together and they're in, say, like, fucking Asda, like, <laughs> does the Asda turn into the time prison? So what I've been trying to work out, it, well, it seems like the time thing happened because all the gems weren't on the necklace. So what does the necklace do magically-wise when it's not... Like, who knows? No, it's it's like going into Claire's and getting a, <laughs> getting a fucking cursed earring. It's such an ugly necklace. It's a fucking ugly necklace. Like, don't even give this a charity. It is so ugly. Like, uh, uh, com kind of Literally. vibe. So, like, do I think this game was good? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was. I have, because I, so I tried to get an emulator to work, but I ended up having to watch a video by 2Z Porygon because both my emulators were not working and do you think I was going to work so hard to try and get this game to work of all games? No. What was it on? It was on. So it was on like PC, GameCube, PS1. Gucci, if we can find a copy of it, we can play it on the PS2. Easy. I, so that's the games I think it was on. But honestly, it seemed like a light-hearted fun game. I'm sure a lot of people have fond memories of it. It also seems like, from what I can see from Shovelware Celebrity Games, probably one of the best of the bad bunch because american actually had a lot of games oh no they had a lot i was like, originally going to a different game but this one seemed a lot more their interesting. agent must have sold their fucking rights away so quick well so also because apparently every game i talk about had a lawsuit involved it is worth pointing out that american actually did file a lawsuit against acclaim entertainment from the company not paying them royalties i don't know why every game i talk about has a lawsuit involved and a lawsuit based around royalties yeah i think I think I just look, there are two things I look for in a game. How is it linked back to Night Trap, and where's the lawsuit? And the third end resulting is Sonic Trans. Yes. Three things I need in a game. If, it, if they're not in, a, if all three of those are not in some element of the game, you are not interested. I want to own and play this game. So, do you... I might just buy it. There's, uh, I have buy my PlayStation it, 1. I mean, you can play it on the PS2 that I've got, no problem. I think, I think it's on GameCube. I can just buy it on GameCube. Ooh. Like, there's got some... Some mentally ill person has definitely done a ROM hack of this game and turned it into oh. a psychological horror. Joe, it, you don't need to turn it into anything. The evidence is there. I know the evidence is there, but is, like... These girls are not the, the heroes of the story. They are the villains. They aren't sorry. They're like, mm, sorry, uh, sorry that I didn't listen to you, called you crazy, and then had to just, like, you had to go fix my mess. Like, but I wonder who the shop owner represents. Like, to me, I feel like it's like... You know in, like, Silent Hill 2, when they're in the elevator, and there's, like, a game announcer? Yeah. I think she has, like, the same vibe, where she's, like, not involved, but she's having, like, a commentary on the situation. Well, so, my reading is that this person is some kind of uh, pastoral figure to them, like, as a, look, 
I'm doing I this. think it's Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's a secret hidden character. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she is, because the fake Romanian accent links back to the Scarlet Witch. There we so go. So we know she can do that. There and we there's go. Infinity Stones in this game. Oh my god, she's a Scarlet Witch. Uh, so actually what you're saying is this game takes place inside of WandaVision. Is that what you're saying? It's WandaVision the game. <laughs> oh, who's Vision? I don't think of Vision. There's, uh, there's three characters in this game. The dude with the bowl cut. <laughs> don't got about the boys. No, 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 no. no. I need to see my, my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is still trying to figure out who has the frosted tips and who has the bowl cut. Wait, I'm going to get you a picture. Oh my god. Don't they look like they've been kidnapped? They look like missing children. Like, legitimately. Like, they could be on the side Which of the milk carton. Are you frost? I think out of both of us, I think you're bowl cut and I think I'm frosted tips. Oh no, absolutely. I feel like you would you would love a bowl cut. But like, do you get what I mean? Because this is Mary Kay and Ashley. They aren't superimposed photos, but these boys, they're like superimposed on there. It's so creepy. So they've clearly just found random pictures of dudes on the internet. And then instead of trying, and then instead of trying to model them, they've just gone. Well, let's stretch the image over, over the avatar. Yeah, they were like, "Who fucking cares?" So like, who's actually going to be paying attention to these boys? You know. And that person is me. <laughs> because I have so many questions. This is the creepiest set of images in the game I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like. Uh, have you seen a game where an actual dead body's in it? Oh, that's true. And this is still the creepiest thing. It gives me strong like. You found this in like a, a Polaroid of a kidnapped kid in a trucker's car. They look like they're taken directly out of Petscar. That was Mary Kane Ashley. That magical mystery mall. That was, I, that was beautiful. I legitimately think I watched gameplay for this game seven times. It's an hour-long game. I know this game more than I know anything else. I love it. Which also the fact that the game's only an hour long and you know it costs at least like forty quid when you bought it, like. To be fair, I think the person who played it, I think he knew what he was doing. Because, like, I don't know what the controls are like, but I can't imagine they were good. It must have been, like, a bit difficult to control, especially the one in the first minigame where it's, like, you've got to match up what the customer wants with what's available food-wise. Like, the controls didn't seem, like, snappy. And since the other sister is fucking doing nothing, she's also in this hell with you, and she's like, yeah, I'm fine, I've got nothing going on. Just imagine, do you think that they turned to each other at one point and said... Uh, this hell is better with you. I don't think they could create a arena line if their life depends on it. Which it looked like it actually might have, because they had a lot of music challenges. They are lucky there was not a singing challenge. Oh my, that would have been a Drag Race challenge. Could you point. imagine? Every single one is a Drag Race challenge. Every single one. Oh, but yeah, that was my that was my tidbit. That was beautiful. Thank I you. feel enlightened. I'm not sure anyone else would have had this reading of this game. <laughs> <laughs> Some people aren't as mentally ill as me. That's no, okay. and that's okay. I mean, it's their loss. So... Listen, I think I cracked the code of this game. I think I'm going to post this, America actually going to mess with me on Twitter and be like, you know too much. No, like, truly, I think if you, you could take what we have here and you could probably write a thesis. Joe, my script is 3,000 words long. I think that is a thesis. Yeah, okay, yeah, I mean... This is double the amount of words that most of my actual uni essays <laughs> on psychology that I wrote and submitted were. That's embarrassing. I mean, which one, I mean... This is also more interesting and more say... cohesive <laughs> than most of my uni essays were. I was going to say, this is probably better than most of the uni this essays. This is the only thing my psychology you degree... first if you would have submitted this. Joe, this is the only thing my psychology degree has gone towards. I mean, it's got to go towards something. 
It has. Should we take a little break? Let's do it. So, we welcome back. Welcome back. We're back. <laughs> you you strip straight into it. Like, <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna go. I wanted to have a long discussion about what chunky jewelry do you think Claire has that has magical properties? I think it's definitely like one of the tacky like burger necklaces. I think if you get a Claire's piercing, you have some sort of superpower. Um, but only if it's in a weird like if you get your hips. They started. do nose piercings now. Oh. I saw it the other day on TikTok, which I don't know if it's true, but I saw they had posters for nose piercings. I want to get my but urethra is it, is it like pierced a, at Claire's. Is it a septum? Is it a, a nostril? Little dot. Little dot. Oh, just a. Can you imagine a twelve-year-old with septum pierced? <laughs> Because <laughs> no, like, with, with the nose, you can just use a nose gun. You can just use a normal piercing gun. You shouldn't. You should use a needle for your nose, but you can just use the guns. Remember when our friend Eleanor wanted a piercing, so you shoved a, like, what was it, like a knee, like a sewing needle on an apple? Is that you? No. Did, Ele- she have, did she have, like, a gun? Eleanor had a gun with a piercing already in it. I like how my head went straight to crack an energy. Oh, like, no, yeah, an apple no, and a needle. Because I'm the one that's <laughs> <laughs> done piercings that way. It was... I, that's how I offered to do it, but then Eleanor just bought a bought a gun. I would not trust you. I love you to pieces. I would not trust you any sharp object in my body. I've I've got experience. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> anyway, I've, I've pierced myself twice before. I don't have either of those piercings currently. But... So what magical journey you can tell me about? Well, we're going from one hell dimension to a different hell dimension. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of a little game. We're going from Claire's accessories to Nando's. Oh, no, absolutely. (laughs) We're we're doing a lateral step, if you will. So I am going to talk about a game called 12 Minutes. It's a little indie game. According to Wikipedia, 12 Minutes is an adventure game developed by Lloyd Antonio and published by Annapurna Interactive, released on August 19, 2021 for Microsoft Windows, Xbox One, and Xbox Series 10 S, with versions for Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5 released on December 7, 2021. <laughs> Girlies, welcome to the stage, Google Chrome. Please welcome to the stage, Google Home. I'm really hoping that in post I can make that louder. Oh. That was the funniest shit. Oh, you absolutely can. I was going to tell you a little bit about it, but I don't Tell us anyway. Tell us in your anymore. words. Tell us <laughs> what you so, think, seven, 12 minutes, whatever it's called. Um, Luis Antonio started developing it in about 2016 and was doing it solo and eventually got some help from Annapurna Interactive. Louise's previous work includes helping Jonathan Blow finish The Witness, so a pretty decent dev cred there. Helped with What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh, I love that game. And had a long stint doing art for Rockstar, so they did art for games like Manhunt 2, Mm. Max Payne 3, and Midnight Club LA. Now, Manhunt 2 and Max Payne 3 kind of don't really tie in, but you can see where they got some of their influences from. It's quite, or it's clear to me anyway. So 12 Minutes is an odd game. It's not an indie title that gained traction from its dev credentials, whilst Louise is a very accomplished developer. That's not the thing that drew people to it. Um, and not room. Re- <laughs> <laughs> um, and not and whilst the premise was interesting, it didn't. It's not something that's revolutionary with video games, like making a statement on time loops and stuff like that. 
but it started to get traction when there was celebrity involvement. So Annapurna suggested a little bit late into development to introduce voice acting because the game was quite bland, shall we say. <laughs> so they hired some you local... played it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've not played... I watched the Let's Play of it. It's, and then not, I... it's not worth it. Yeah, the Let's Play <laughs> made me be like, I actually don't want to play this game. It's, it's really not worth it. So they hired some local actors to play the roles, and they thought, yeah, this makes the game better. Instead of keeping those local actors that clearly did a good enough job to convince everyone that voice acting needed to be in the game, they decided to send out scripts to big-name actors instead. Because also, voice acting... They've already recorded it! I'd be so offended. I mean, Annapurna is also a movie studio, Mm. so that's... What, so that's why it got sent off to these big name actors because Annapurna Interactive, the so video game division. Big name actors, Joe. Who are so, they? So Daisy Ridley, James McAvoy, and Willem Dafoe. Pretty big names. Like Willem Dafoe. Is I also love that his big names in like the eighties and nineties is not like big names now. I mean, Willem Dafoe's still a big name now. James McAvoy. No, I'm not saying like not so much small names, but like it's just so pretty. Like you feel like a game from the eighties, this would be like huge. I feel like nowadays you'd expect like like a Chris Pratt. Yeah, I mean, I think it just kind of... I love it, don't get me wrong, I just think it's funny. I, there's lots of actors that can't transition to voice acting, because it's very different. Like Chris skill. Pratt. Like Chris Pratt. <laughs> wow, the Chris Pratt hate on this episode. He's homophobic, it's fine. Like, like they try, with the with these names coming in, it lent it to a more cinematic vibe, and that kind of informed a lot of how the game was made from here on out. But all three actors loved the script, so that's why they decided to jump aboard. Don't know if uh, they read the same script that I played. <laughs> like, Can I ask why you chose this game? What? Because it's... Were we both in the same website where we were like, there is no selection? No, I... Because when I first played this game, it stuck in my head for not good reasons. Like I've had that before. It's The gameplay wasn't particularly fun. Uh, like it was a really interesting idea, and then the moment you start to peel, like peel it back and actually look at it, it's like, oh well, this is fine. But it's interesting that during the development, lots of other studios were adding real celebrities with their actual likeness into the game. So Kit Harrington and notable sex criminal Kevin Spacey was featured in Call of Duty. David Cage also used Willem Dafoe and Elliot Page in Beyond Two Souls. Which sidebar? Good game. Uh. I mean, apart from the we, scene we on have, the pool table, we, fine game. We have uh, conflicting emotions about David Cage games. Not particularly great, but David Cage has always used celebrities in some form. Like, uh, they did a game with David Bowie, mm. who wrote all the music and played a character. Also not a good game. To be fair, my favourite... Well, I feel like my go-to example for, like, celebrity likeness in games was, like, the Until Dawn... Remy Malik. Yeah, um, um, yeah, yeah, again, like, Elliot Page. Um, but, like, sidebar, I have a reading on Beyond Two Souls that it was actually David Cage making a trans story, given that the character that you inhabit is the, the ghost that's following around Elliot Page's character is canonically male, and yeah. Elliot Page's character is female, and it's about... Coming like coming to terms with what is with uh, like with both sides of it like it's mm. it's really I need to go back and play it again but I think there's a retroactive trans reading that you could yeah I feel like it. I was too young when that game came out to ever get anything like substantial from the game 
but other video games around the same time period that also had a separate involvement Hideo Kojima with Norman Reedus with Silent Hills. I love that Silent Hills was cancelled, so he was like, I'm still going to use him. Well, it's so uh, another. Can you use him in Death Stranding? Uh, because Death Stranding was a game made exclusively because of Kojima's connections, mm. it's a game about friendship and what that can do. So he just put all of his friends in the game. Friendship. And that also has a star studded cast like um, Mads Mikkelsen, Guillermo del Toro, Norman Reedus, you know real big names i have a question before you before you get into the game how do you because i didn't choose celebrity voices because i thought the line was too blurred because what about people like troy baker who is exclusively a famous voice actor excuse me because he's in the last of us tv show now he's a real actor yeah i haven't watched it i need to it's on my watch list i'm just finishing buffy again oops but he's obviously a celebrity because of his voice work well it's like ellie from that game She's mostly famous for being Ellie, actually. Mm. I want to say last name Johnson, but yeah. So, like, how do you? How did you distinguish? Did you want someone who? Did you choose a person who was famous externally and then did voice work? So I kind of. Because why I chose Mary Kane actually? So because icons. I chose Twelve Minutes because I think it's a game that no one w- would be talking about unless there were these names attached to them. That's fair. Like without the without the name talent, it. It would have gone nowhere, and I'm so certain of that. Um, Is that because it's not a good game? No, it's because in all of the marketing for the game and in the lead up to it, that was the main thing that was mm. being presented. Obviously, it's a time loop story game, so revealing narrative is not necessarily the way to go. But it wasn't marketed on its mechanics or on its premise. It was these big name actors are in this game, so mm-hmm. you should play it. But in a conversely to a lot of other games and studios that were using real actors, they didn't use their likeness, just their voice. But we're gonna we're gonna get to that. I was gonna say I have questions, but I feel like if I ask you, you're gonna have a very detached reading of the story. So and even going, uh, yeah, during this era, loads of they were trying to legitimize video games by having real name actors in it. But this like last year. Uh, the so yes. But also it was a six year development time oh, so fair. between 2014 and 2021 that's when all of the that's when all of the actors were starting to sort of funnel in mm-hmm. i was try- trying to ascertain if annapurna believed this game deserved the spotlight by attaching the big names or if it was a last ditch effort to make this game notable it's kind of hard like I've already touched I'm... on the fact that the o- that the only thing in the lead up that I saw about this game was that it had voice talent in it, so that kind of tells me that they thought it was going to flop. Otherwise, I'm so surprised this game took six years because it's not exactly it's a solo dev. Well, yeah, but like Stardew Valley was solo dev, and I'm not gonna lie, Stardew Valley is a lot more of a complex game than a game that uses the same maybe what two settings well he, in different so, scenarios uh louise wasn't a programmer so everything was done entirely by him so he was learning what's the engine stuff. unity but i feel like with the with the complexity of the game the i guess your time leaving so i guess it's harder the interact the the interaction methods that you use the actual way that you interact with the mm. world no doesn't take a whole lot of coding knowledge but to get everything to work correctly together the coding knowledge is all uh 
behind the scenes. It's not there's nothing like tangible that you can see mm. that the work has gone into. Because I thought I don't know I don't know why my main, my brain like my brain's made this connection, but I thought it'd be like you know like the Stanley Parable. It's mm-hmm. more about like just what your actions are because that's not that hard. Because it's just stand in X place for X amount of time. Line triggers, but there's also less interactables in the Sandy Parable. Yeah, it like again, I watched a one-hour gameplay, so to me, it was like a one-hour game that looked easy. Mm. Uh, like it is relatively easy, but it's choose it's point-and-click adventure. Like, but because it was solo devs and it took about six years, he could have got it done sooner. But uh, he said money wasn't an issue, and he wanted to make sure that it was That's that it was good. I should judge him. Also, nice that money wasn't an issue at any point. I did. I did know why, but I have like a weird not just like I think I know what the nature of the game is. I'm like I don't like you because I feel like why did you make this game? Uh, well, we're getting there. <laughs> but on the other hand, impressive that it's a solo project, but uh, damning because the choices this game makes are, let's say. My dude is trying to work through some issues. See, I think that's why <laughs> and it I can like... only solely be pinned on him and no no one else. I think that's why like I'm like, well, Stardew Valley was so much more complex and was like a less time frame. Or like I think that's why I'm trying to just not like this game. Because I just don't like the content of this game. Like at all. Like I remember I was about to play it and I watched because I didn't have Game Pass at the time and I know it was on Game Pass. Or it was when I was gonna play it. And I was, it was before I got Game Pass, and I was gonna maybe buy it to look like an interesting. I love a time loop. What Life is Strange, one of my favorite games. I love a time loop. So I was like, okay, before I play it, let me watch like a bit of a snippet. So I thought I was watching like the first hour of it, but I actually watched the full thing without realizing. But once it got to a certain point, which I'm sure you're gonna bring out, I was like, this game, I don't know. Like then, obviously, the credits rolled, and I was like. This game to me hasn't got a message that it's trying to convey. To me, it's trying to justify some of the behavior that should not be justified. The story of the game seems like it would make a lot of sense as a movie. Not so much yeah. as a video game like, where you are directly responsible for the actions. Because, like, yeah, yeah, actually, I agree with that. Because, like, films like The Butterfly Effect, it gave me, like, strong vibes like that. But that's what, which I'm And sure... The Butterfly Effect touches on stuff like this game. Now, I feel like films like the butterfly effect because you're take you're taking the responsibility away from the viewer so a lot more people are more comfortable with the situation at hand whereas yes i agree with you because you're in control of the character in the situation it makes it a lot more of a weird one no, like absolutely like it it, re- it really highlights the differences between the two mediums and what you can and can't mm. do with the storytelling because the content of the story is not the issue it's the it's the implementation of it. Like, I can understand how Daisy Ridley, Willem Dafoe, Steve mm. McAvoy, James McAvoy, not Steve McAvoy, uh, read the script and was like, do you know what? Yeah, this fucks. I'll I'll do this without having the ability to play it. Yeah. They never read their lines together. They did it all over Zoom. Mm. So one of my big complaints is that the dialogue sounds really stilted and not like people are having a conversation it's like oh yes that's because they weren't actually having a conversation in the same room they were like all separate we love covid <laughs> well i don't think that's even a covid issue no like, it, was, early... it was a COVID. no no but i don't mean as in like my i don't think it's a covid issue of voice actors not recording their lines together because like a lot of games mm. that sound destroyed like for instance oblivion famously they didn't read their lines together obviously they read their lines not even in quest order just in alphabetical order. 
so I a mean, lot of it sounds so disjointed. Do you want to know a fun fact? I do. The reason why it's done like that is because most game script writing is done in Excel. Mm. So in order to... Oh, like the spreadsheets? Yeah. Oh my god, so fun. Uh, because then when you run it, engines and whatnot can mm. read Excel sheets so you can just drag and drop yeah. it in. But I still think it's... But they don't convert it to an easier format mm. for voice actors to read a lot of the time, so they just get given an Excel spreadsheet that just... It's <laughs> my point, like, it's what I'm trying, like, it's my point, like, I don't think disjointed dialogue, maybe in a game like this, disjointed dialogue is actually a really big factor, but I feel like it's, that's also a bit of a conversation as a medium as a whole of voice acting rather than this one game. Like, I have things that I want to say that I'm, that I'm saving for later. I'm, I'm just going to stop interrupting you. It's <laughs> what I've, I'm going to take from that. So, I mean, we're about to go into the time loops and shit. So go for it, go, we're going go to the story, so please feel free to interrupt if you have anything. <laughs> so, I've noticed we both do this thing where we both try and accidentally interpret what the other person's going to say before, <laughs> before, before they say they've it. said it. Because so, we're both like, oh, I know what you're going to say. And it's like, no, no, I have a script. This is both of us This is both of us trying to be active listeners and try and engage without realising that, oh... <laughs> oh no, we've jumped too many things. Like, it's like, oh no, the thing that I'm about to talk about is two paragraphs down. <laughs> like, no, no, you're, no, you're, to... you're about to say something that's really important to my analysis. <laughs> Don't say it. Keep it to yourself. So, the game starts where you go up a lift, you know, standard, it's, the lift doors open. There's the, like, Overlook Hotel from The Shining, Mm. ass carpet everywhere, which, weird. A bit too on the nose at this point. A bit, uh, oh, look. I think if I see The Shining carpet one more time in, so that's going to be a bit psychological. Right. I'm throwing hands. It's like, oh, yay, let's fully just throw in the spousal abuse in there straight away. But you enter your you enter into your really sad looking apartment. It's like three rooms, including the kitchen living room. There's no TV, it's just a sofa, two a table and a chair, a bedroom that has one chest of drawers and a bed in it. So what you're telling me is it's, most London accommodation. Two thousand five hundred per calendar month uh, apartment in London. But you know In Clappenstall. It's like it was weird when I first Open up the camera and was like, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice cat. That is the thing about London. Like, I'll see floor plans from other places and like, look how bad this place is. And I'm like, I would pay so much for that. <laughs> right, I'd kill. And you can, what, uh, your wife is in the shower, so she just yells through, um, I'll be out in a minute. Um, I, like, I've made dessert or whatever. And you can go around and start interacting with stuff. You notice that everything in, almost everything in the apartment is interactable. Um, but Louise talks in an interview about uh, apophenia being a really big problem in development. So apophenia is when people see patterns in things that aren't necessarily there. So very big in adventure games and, po- and point-and-click adventure games. And- human behavior in general uh, no, right like you're trying to find something that isn't there and it really stopped people from being able to progress through the game mm. so fucking just took a bunch of shit out which yeah does make it easier but in the same time because the game is set in such a small space mm. the things that you can't interact with or the things that or the ways in which you can interact with stuff makes it feel a little bit hollow so about half the objects that you can interact with in the early game are used to set the table for this dessert that your wife has made and you can either choose to let her do it because you've just come home from work or you can be nice and do it do it for her that's a little bit of player choice in there oh my god um but the thing that i find so supremely funny is that this lovely this this dude's favorite dessert 
she's just dead ass made Christmas pudding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> In like June. <laughs> right? It's like, right, okay, well, fine. Uh, do you know what you have with this lovely Christmas pudding as you're setting the table? Mugs of water. Like, please tell me that's not like you don't have. Please tell me it doesn't have to be water. It has. There's nothing else. Do you reckon that's something he stripped away? He was like, people get getting stuck people on the team in the game. I had to take it away. Like, you know, we just had to get rid of some of the clutter. Like, there's no option. Like when you open the fridge, there's nothing in the fridge apart. So from what the you're telling me is this character is through environmental storytelling very depressed. Right. It makes everything <laughs> feel like lifeless and loveless. But uh, it's still find it so weird that you use mugs with tap water like what joe you've made me a meal with mugs with tap yeah, water before yeah, i know but i'm poor these people <laughs> own an apartment and both have a job um so the voice acting does a pretty okay job of trying to convince you that they love each other but when you then actually look at the reality of what the game is presenting it's like well, wow this is a <laughs> this is a loveless relationship so maybe that's all he has to like that's his own personal experience like look at this loving marriage and he's right? like Dude, you good? This is not good. <laughs> you good, sir. You need therapy. Uh, after you had a loveless candle lit dessert, your wife tells you that she's pregnant. And not only that, but she's decided on a name. She gives you a little present that's got a little baby onesie on it with Dahlia stitch on the front. So already it's decided it's going to be a girl. And I, one of Daisy's voice lines was, uh, well, the baby's not going to know. <laughs> so True. the baby's not going to know if it's got someone else's name on it. I do feel like also your name of your kid is a conversation uh, between both between of you. Both of you, you know. Not just decided, BT Dubs, I am pregnant. And I've already done it. Yeah, <laughs> this is the name, I am pregnant. I feel like I'd be pissed. I'd be like, no, no. No, 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 right? So, have a discussion. Like, you can either react to the news positively or negatively, uh, you know, and that's up to the players to decide. Realistically, doesn't matter. Like, wh- whichever way you react. So, and after this shocking revelation, you hear a little knock at the door, a little tippy-tappy, and a guy that's claiming to be the police uh, is there. So you open the door, and he immediately handcuffs you on your wife before interrogating your wife about a pocket watch and how she killed her dad. He didn't know anything about this. When she refuses to spill the tea, the cop just straight up murders you, like, just full, full strangle. Thus, the mystery of the game unfurls. Uh, did my wife do a murder? And what's so special about this watch? In loop number two, to get any information about what happens next, you, before your wife gets out of the bathroom, you sneak into the gaff, hide in the closet, and then just wait there. So one whole loop of the game, you spend 10 minutes. The game is called 12 minutes. The actual loop is only uh, only 10 minutes, but 12 minutes sounds better than 10. <laughs> you could have just... Padded in an extra two minutes, no? right? But do you? But then there's twelve minutes, twelve minutes of gameplay where you're just sat in, you know, uh, uh, closets that have like slats, yeah. so you can see through. You just sat in there, just watching your wife go about her business, being like confused why you're not there, hmm. knowing that someone is about to come through the door and murder her. I like how she's like, why is he not here? It's like, well, realistically, he might have took ten minutes longer in traffic, right? You know, on the tubes, so. Delays. You then watch the interrogation happen, as you're not there, and she tells the dude that the watch is underneath the medicine cabinet in the in a vent in the bathroom. And then it just murders her, and mm. then the loop resets. So this is loop number two. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of trial and error. This is like... Perfect oh, gameplay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So for the next loop, you retrieve the watch from the vent after she's come out of the after she's come out of the shower. You try and convince her that you're in a time loop. So by like predicting what song's gonna come on the radio, that lightning's about to strike, and just by giving her the present that she was gonna give to you. She rightly calls you a little shit for rifling through her stuff the moment that you get I, home. Right, this is my biggest issue with time loop stories. If one of my friends came up to me and was like, hey, I just need you to believe me, I'm in a time loop, I'm just gonna believe them. We're getting there. We're getting Would you there. not? Like, I feel like if I came up to you and was like, listen, this game's not wild, but like, you just need to believe me, I'm in a time loop, I feel like you'd be like, sure. Oh, but say, Diva, let's get it sorted. Yeah, you'd be like, you know what, sure. You'd just be like, what are the lottery numbers? So, you you kind of convince her that you are in a time loop with not a lot of evidence, can we add? She just believes him. She's, She's just a good like, partner. yeah, alright, that's fine. But, like, she just accepts it. Like, you do this all the time. Like, this isn't the first <laughs> time you've come home and be like, honey, I'm in a time loop. But even after she's so accepting, you immediately call her a liar and a murderer. Bear in mind that she doesn't know that she's in a time loop, so this is coming out of complete nowhere. You've come home, you've been like, <laughs> you've gone through her stuff. <laughs> you're like, I'm in a time loop. You're a murderer. <laughs> like, just completely to off To be guard. fair, I do think one of the rules of being in a time loop is one of the time loops you have to be absolutely Insane. deranged. Like, you have to <laughs> be the worst person. But, uh kind of she after she accepts that you're in a time loop and whatnot she tells you about the time her dad beat her and that he always had guns lying around and he had an affair with their nanny uh, that caused the wife to, the her mum to die they don't say whether it's suicide or anything she just dies because you know once once you're no longer a wife what what are you you may yeah, as well die let's just go so uh uh basically she's telling you that she shot her dad and took the po pocket watch and bounced. And, and this is the loop ends by the cop bursting in through the door. Loop number five. Mm. After emotionally abusing your wife to get her to reveal her trauma again, you set out to ensnare the cop. Like, the only way to do this is by drugging your pregnant wife with sleeping pills that pack a fucking punch, according to your character. Bear in mind, he knows that she's pregnant. Yeah, time loop, so, it's fine. Well... Is it though? Is it? The, this is no. This is a kind of the game never, the game never, the game isn't smart enough to actually give anyone a moment to reflect on the actions that the character's actually doing, or that never gives the character a moment to reflect on what they're doing. Like, they're reactive, yeah. but nothing more than a nothing more than superficial. Like, I can see from both sides because you can have that as a smart thing of. This person's stuck in a 12 minute loop, like, for him this has been a span of 40 minutes. Like, isn't that so wild, like he hasn't even got time to react, he's just gotta do it. But then you could just fix that by having one loop where you're completely out of control and he is just breaking down. And then the end of that loop, he puts himself together and he's like, I need to fix this. There's a way to fix that. Right? What, that was, that was two minutes of thinking? Yeah, like, there's a way to make him a lot more grounded by being like, oh my god, he's just been put in a scenario. Let's see how he just instantly breaks and then has to put himself together because if he doesn't, he has to keep looping it. There's ways. There's ways. So you drug your wife by crushing up a bunch of sleeping pills in her mug of tap water. Also, a quick question. Do Americans always just have sleeping pills lying around? Yeah. Do you not? 
No, I'm not American. Oh, well. You're not mentally ill enough, then, apparently. Um, like, every single TV show has Americans with, like, sleeping pills. Well, like, it's a, America gives out pharmaceuticals, like, the fucking uh, love hearts. Like, left, right, and I love that analogy. <laughs> so, I don't know why my brain went to love hearts. So, in order to complete the game, you have to drug your pregnant wife. Hmm. Um, so she can be bait for a murderer that you know is going to kill her. So the cop comes in after you've hidden the closet again and your wife has passed out on the bed because you, you have you have drugged her. But the cop, well, not a real police officer, but that's, that's, that's the oh guy. Oh spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, knocks himself out by turning on a faulty light switch. Look, if we're going to pause every time there's a leap in logic, like, we're going to get it. Right. It's like, right <laughs> this again, game is bizarre. Convenient. A conveniently broken light switch. Um, you can loot the cop's body to get a gun and a knife, uh, which you can just straight up murder your wife with, then. Uh, like, that, you can do things out of sequence, so there's a knife on the kitchen counter um, in some of the earlier loops that you can't just go ahead and stab her with, for no reason whatsoever other than you can. You can also mm-hmm. try and kill the cop, you can try and stop the cop out of sequence, but every time you just get sucker punched and he beats you, it's like, I've snuck up on you with a knife. There's no way you're turning around and punching me in the head. Like, you are dead, my dude. But bad vibes. Bad vibes. Uh, It's an odd gameplay choice because the character would never murder their wife. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no reason or incentive. It's in the game purely just so you can do it. And I think it's taken what they're trying to do with interactivity and making everything interactable and have meaning. And it's kind of made it have less instead of more but like, if he removed stuff because it was you can't really have that message of everything's interactable if you've removed intentionally right. a lot of the interactable moments but if it's if being able to kill your wife whenever like whatever the why was that not removed uh, what, what a replay value i guess um, yeah but that brings into question why can't you just barricade the front door you can't move the sofa and the fridge yeah. not in front of the door so the guy can never get in and do the murder. Like, I understand there has to be limits, like, naturally, but if the whole game is how interactable it is, and then the interactable moments you've already reduced, I feel like it's sort of a mute point. No, absolutely. Mm. It doesn't make too much sense, but there's choices in this game. Choices. Um, so this is where you can get one of the game's endings, where after knocking out and tying up the cop and looting their body, you can just be like, yeah, all right and go sit in the next room whilst he murders your wife. And that's it. Game ends. The other option you have is to torture him. Mm. So he'll only talk to you once you shoot his limbs. And he reveals that he was close with your wife's dad and blames her, hence the murder attempt. But uh, he reveals that he actually died on New Year's Eve, which means your wife couldn't have killed him. And you can prove this because there's a Polaroid on the fridge convenient of the new years where her dad was shot she was already in this city after she ran away so she couldn't have done the murder to be fair as someone who takes a lot of polaroids actually not that far from the truth i have a lot of polaroids that could save a lot of people with an alibi like an alibi the cop also tells you nanny gave birth to a child meaning that your wife has a half brother you also find out uh, by going through his phone that he wants a pocket watch as it's worth a fuckload of money and he has a sick dying daughter and can't afford her healthcare. <laughs> we mm. love America. Uh, your character then takes it upon themselves to memorise this underage child's phone number just to just have in the mind bank. Mm. And then the loop ends. Loop number six. 
you convince your wife that you're in a time loop again. <laughs> Once again, just taking it like a champ. To be fair, if she believes it the first time, she's going to believe it the second like, third. Uh, you just walk in from work immediately, just start casually dropping all of her trauma down in front of her. Like, you come home, like, you just start laying into her. Like, hey, hun. so I know people think you killed your dad, but I know you didn't because it's a pick on the fridge. Oh, also, you have a half-brother. Some dude is trying to kill you because he thinks you killed your da. Also, I know you have a big prego belly, and I'm cool with it. And also, why did you make Christmas pudding? And she just goes with it. Truly, wife is the chillest person. And the loop then ends with the cop bursting in and doing murder. You know, the, the, the loop gets quite repetitive. To be fair, if you're trying to say all that information in under 12 minutes, like, not possible. You, right. You, you're going to reach that time frame quite quickly. So the next loop, you repeat the spousal abuse that you have performed several times. This time, you can call the cop's sick daughter from the phone number that you memorised a couple of loops ago to tell her that her dad is evil and a murderer and that you need to call him to tell him to stop. Funnily enough, this works. Mm. Instead of the dude coming in to do a murder and steal the pocket watch, you just have a conversation with him. Oh. And everything's fine. It's yeah. chill. It's like, oh no, I didn't do the murder. Oh no, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I was going to do oh, that. Oh, so oh, embarrassing. Like, oh my god, I can't believe we got our wires crossed like that. And she even gives over the pocket watch to help him pay for the daughter's uh, medical bills. It's like, right. Oh, okay. It's like, okay, so your wife is a great person. Fine, but also, murdered. love that this entire thing could just have been avoided by a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's. The cop even promises to help her find a real killer, revealing her dad's last words were monster, allegedly a loving nickname giving, uh, given to her half-brother, and that the nanny's name begins with the letter D. And then the loop just resets itself. You repeat the above again. You repeat a lot of, of spousal abuse in, <laughs> in this game. Concerning. But you can choose to show the, the cop the onesie that has uh, Dahlia on it, and he immediately remembers that that is the nanny's name. So, here we get into the plot twist. Oh my god. You are the half-brother. You're having an incest baby. Your character has no memory of anything. So, like, the big twist that they're hinging on is incest, which is... Yeah, really concerning. It's, it's not one. Not one that gets tackled a lot. <laughs> but, you know, we keep moving. It then is revealed that the entire game is taking place inside of this character's mind because he's having a mental breakdown over finding out he's having an incest baby. Well. But, so this means within the reality of the game, this guy knows that this is his sister, has actively sought out a relationship with his sister, is lying about mur not murdering their dad. <laughs> Like, and this has been going on for seven years. Like, he's just been vibing. But the thing that tips him over the edge? Incest baby. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that kills it. So they try and do something interesting by having the cop character be a metaphysical representation of their dad, as both characters are voiced by Willem Dafoe. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, the big, big plot twist there. We're gonna start getting into the endings now, and then I've got Go some. Then I've got some thoughts. Really, a game like this has right, thoughts. Right. I thought we'd just be done. So, uh, ending two. You can choose to tell her all of this at the start of the loop. So you can come home and tell her 
like everything that your incest, your your sister wives, uh, or you're a sister wife. The baby is an incest baby. Eat it like I killed. I killed your da and blamed it all on you. And everyone thinks that you're a murderer. Hmm. And she tell she demands that you leave. So in canon, sorry, I'm a bit lost. In canon, are you just sat at like the therapist table, or are you in an actual time loop? Because uh, like, if he's telling all this to time loop wife, is she a real person or not? No, she's a real person. This is this is him trying to decide what to do with the incest baby. So her reaction is not what would actually happen, it's just what he assumed would happen. I think that's a reading that I got. Okay. But she makes it very clear that with all of this information, she never would have started this relationship. Fair. Valid. Like, so the game makes it very clear that it's aware that that your wife would would yeah. is not consenting to this relationship, essentially. Well, has some issues with it. But, yeah, it's just weird that you're playing as a as a literal abuser. Like, like there's ways not to tie this back to like Life is Strange, but I feel like that's a time loopy game that has like not similar themes, but like you can do heavy themes as a main character, but you shouldn't be the perpetrator in those themes. Like for instance, like spoiler alert for Life is Strange, it's a six year old game, like it's fine, just who guys play the game. But like like when Kate Marsh is about to kill herself, you are the perpetrator of that, but you get to decide through your actions what happens yeah. in that in that moment whether she kills herself or not i feel like that's a more interesting way of going about something like this because then the player is not the instigator and not the problem but they have an effect on what happens and they have an effect on what the outcome of the situation is rather than having the like the player make these choices that a regular player would not probably be comfortable making so then if you're playing that character you're already so detached from what that character's choices are, that it then just makes it weird to play that character. Like, the a lot of the problem, a lot of the things that feel dirty about mm. this game could be solved by just swapping the protagonist, swap it to the wife. Yeah. And then, uh, because a lot of a lot of the grossness comes from this this character who has lots of trauma and shit happen to her has no autonomy over anything that happens and is never really given the opportunity the one time she's given a choice mm. she's like nah fuck this you like get out because like i feel like i think it, you can play as a character you don't agree with the morals like disco elysium you can play as the detective and you don't really have to agree with what he does i mean fundamentally disco elysium gives you a job that it doesn't it it puts you in a position where you have to reckon with the bad parts yeah. of yourself and your job like it... so like this guy could reckon with stuff like that but then he just sort of doesn't he just is fine with being the worst like version of himself and you don't really get any nuance to that it's just like there's, no he drugged his wife a bunch there's no there's no reflection there's no this is there's no closure really we're gonna get into the other endings because they are oh. wild so another ending you just continue lying to your wife. You are very aware of everything that's happening. She tells you about the baby. You're completely fine with it. You bang, game ends. So one of the endings is you actively continue your non-consensual incest relationship. Love so that. So is that the good ending? Is that... One of them. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So all the uh, all of these endings take place within the apartment. All the other endings take place in the room where you killed your father. So you're making decisions about what to do with your pregnant sister wife with a with a hallucination of your dad that you killed. I mean, really easy concept. Real like it overwritten is how I would describe a lot of this. The cop character, I feel like, is unnecessary. Uh, weird, like you could have had it a bit different and then make it make more sense. Like you actually could have had it just as someone who's a hitman. This person's clearly going through a delusional state. You could have just had a hitman be a part of it. Right. Like, and without adding... You don't have to... You could also have it represent the dad, but you don't have to spell it out for us. You could just have it very heavily implied. Well, I mean, they... I mean, it's not completely spelled out, or it is all implied. The only the only way I made that connection was because they're voiced by the same oh, character. Okay. Like, they never explicitly spell okay, it out. I'm more okay with that. But it's very clear that the... Uh, that the cop hitman character is supposed to be a representation of your dad. Okay, I'm all fine Especially now knowing that the entire game isn't actually happening. Mm. It's taking place inside a 12-minute time loop in this guy's mind as he tries to decide what to do about his incest baby. Okay, I'm all fine with that because I feel like games that spell out a bit too much and just blatantly put subtext into text is a bit like, come on, have some faith. <laughs> just I'm a little bit. So... Another ending, you can just abandon your sister wife without ever telling her why. So you just leave her to be a single mother of your incest baby and with no knowledge. Another ending, you can choose to wipe your memory and continue the relationship in ignorant incestual bliss. Or you can choose to believe that you just made it all up. None of it was true. So there's no option to just be like, breaking up. Oh no! Her to get well, no, because the options of breaking up is either coming clean and admitting everything, but the game doesn't doesn't portray that as a. It's an ending. It ends the game, but it doesn't portray it as a, a as a satisfying ending, ending mm. um, because it doesn't give closure to the to the protagonist. It only gives closure to the subject of the story, which mm. is the wife. But so, let's give you the brief rundown of the story. Go for it. You fall in love with your half-sister, who's being abused emotionally and physically, and assumedly so are you, by your dad. Uh, one night after your dad abused her, uh, she shot him in self-defence and fled. A few nights later, you kill your dad and blame it on your half-sister. Then, as an adult, you track her down and start a relationship with her, get married, and, and plan to never tell her. But an incest baby sparks a breakdown and makes you evaluate your choices. That is the story of the game. And whilst there's no clear ending, but the one the game suggests is the best ending, is where you abandon, where you just abandon her. Because your hallucinatory dead dad unties you from the chair that you're on and tells you that he's proud of you. That's the, so... that's the best ending. So that's a game that we can just play. That, like... What, what's the point of the game? I... I don't know what the point. I've like... been trying to find out what the po- what the point of it is. Why? Like, there's something that has clearly had so much thought and attention put into it. There's no, there's nothing. I the only things that I'm getting are negative things. Like, you never give anyone a name. Which, like, yes, if you give people names, it then could potentially ruin plot twist etc. But you could very easily, like, throughout the whole thing, you just refer to as wife. Yeah, but like, there's. 
I mean, Fleabag is an excellent example of how you can have the main character and even the main love interest not have a name and have it work so well. No, but with how the game presents it, there's no, there's no sense. I. There's no sense that this person actually loves her. With the medium that you've got, there's little things she does, like your wife like reads a little book, and she's really good at like doing the puzzles in them. Mm. You can have it so that her name changes, so not necessarily from wife, but to like cutesy little things like puzzle champ or like best dessert maker. Like you mm. could do things like that to make it seem like this person is actually in love with this person and not yeah. just have it so clinical but it doesn't it says more about the way that women are written mm. and I don't necessarily want to say objectified but it's it. the points that I get out of it are not anything due to the story to due to the game's actual merits, it's due to its failings. Well I guess the main point of the game is nothing to do with the wife really it's about the how he processes it she in the story is basically just pregnant and half sister like she hasn't really got character development apart from being a woman who is pregnant and that's it that's whereas what, he gets yeah. a bit more layers to him which is uncomfortable layers which but is more uncomfortable layers. but which is fine because i think telling this exact same story but giving the there's no character there's yeah. no personality in any of this game like it's all so basic it feels lifeless and it's really frustrating because they really thought they were doing something like uh, this is the reason why i chose it because these three celebrities i think after they play if they played the game after release mm. they'd be like fuck my name's on that <laughs> like I refuse to believe that Annapurna thought this game's gonna fucking sell like hotcakes. Like it, this game would not exist without vo without the voice talent attached. Yeah. And I think necessarily not that the world would be a better place if it <laughs> if it if it wasn't released. I think the world would be a less interesting place. <laughs> I think the game struggles from a lack of direction, but not as unlike. Like, like, I, I don't, don't know what you're supposed to take away from it. Incest no, bad? No. I didn't need a game to tell me that. No, right, I didn't need the game. It's like in Bioshock Infinite where it's very heavy-handed for the first half, but race and bad is like, yeah, I, we, hope, we know. I hope we know that. Like, you don't need to have a nuance about a subject that is already so taboo. Like, the conversation's been had, and has been had better by people who have more to say. Right, like, you, like the fundamental point is that you don't have anything to say about it. You don't like, it's a time loop story. Time loop story is all fucking about PTSD mm. and how, uh, like, they're doing the same things and pushing people away. Like, it's it's a genre where this kind of story is... Off topic, Polygon have a really good time loop video, which I feel like really... Their point of view is more, instead of like it being like a PTSD, it's more about having wanting control of a situation yeah. and wanting to have the perfect outcome. Which in a game like this... Ain't really got but that's outcome. what but that's what this game is trying to say. It's trying to get the perfect outcome for how this dude deals with the incest baby. Like, like the like the entire. It's fine like, to have a game say that isn't a perfect outcome to life, but again, there's better ways to do it. Not to be like, Life is Strange again. But I feel like Life is Strange does deal with. It is one of the better time loop games or like time travel games. I think where you you as a player 
are in scenarios where you're like, no, I would do this. Like when, again, spoiler, Chloe's dad's about to die in a truck, so then you stop that from happening, and you create an alternate timeline where then Chloe's disabled herself. So like, that I feel like has more to say about you can't make the perfect choice because there's always going to be ramifications to actions, whether intentional or not. Yes, you've made a perfect outcome in one respect, but then you fucked up something else, which I think in real life is a very valid thing to take away from a game. But I don't think you can have the same nuance in what do you do about your incest baby? Do you abandon it? Do you like that? There's like the nuance of the conversation isn't so layered deep because the subject is already so taboo. But the only takeaway is no incest is bad. It should not happen in the first place. It's like in Fallout 4 when it's like, is racism, no, is slavery bad? And it's like, well, yeah, but like there's a nuance of conversation because you can't, if you're against it, it's just a shitty outcome. It's not even necessarily that there isn't nuance it's the fact that the interesting that you take the interesting part of this game is finding out all this information mm. but the actual interesting part of this game is what the characters do with the information and the characters don't do anything with also, the information i feel like it would have been more interesting i feel like he a good plot twist shouldn't really come out of nowhere it should have a good build up and it should it should really have the pieces all laid out and then the plot twist actually puts them all together. But then you're like, oh my god, no, it actually makes a lot of sense. Whereas I feel like the incest stuff, because he didn't name the characters or anything like that, like, he's took away what could have been a good plot twist. Yeah. So, like, he's shot himself in the foot, like, which seems to be a theme of this game, because if the game's about, again, intractability, and then you remove some of that from the game, because players are getting too confused. But I was like, no, I feel like that would have been... If you were doing a time loop and you've got a lot of interactability, that would have been actually a good point because then you would have had people who are focusing on things that aren't relevant, which would have been good in a situation like this because that shows people having to trying to have too much control in the situation. But instead you've stripped it back two bare bones and you've took away a lot of what could have been natural environment storytelling in favour of making it more of a streamlined process, but then you've lost a lot of what your story could have made it great. No, like there's I know I'm just talking shit, but here we are. They so like looping back to what we said earlier about uh being able to just kill your wife and it wouldn't make sense for the character. Mm. This your character would never do that. Like there's no universe where this guy that has murdered that murdered their dad who abused them both and then found like tracked her down. Yeah. Uh, and is so desperately in love with her. He would never do that. It doesn't make sense, but I like it's in there because you are playing an abuser. Yeah. Like it's without it's trying to take into account the it's a difference between fiction and narrative. Like mm. the fiction of the game does not make sense for the actual narrative that the game is trying to tell. And it there's no it just feels like this game could have been good if maybe three more people worked on it like if yeah. there was a small team of people being like right look this this good core concept let's build build it out mm. like the original uh, the original game was the time loop was 24 hours and it was set in a whole city mm. that's why he had to cut a bunch of stuff out of it but if like this story it doesn't feel like the story changed from when the world was bigger yeah when the world was bigger i'm sure that lots of these little random plot threads would have made more sense i also feel like if you weren't 
I feel like if you were a figment of the character's imagination, like, so, like, say in, like, a game like Facade, where you're, like, playing through two people's relationship, but you're the third person, and, like, your choices impact what they talk about. I feel like that probably would have worked quite well for this game, because, again, he's an incest person where you're not, you're probably not going to be on board with that. So then if you're a tertiary character who was a figment of this person's imagination, you could have still had the same plot twist. And then you could have still had it all play out the same way, but then you as a character aren't responsible for some of the actions. You could have probably just said stuff or interacted with stuff in a certain way where then it causes a lot of like the snowball effect. Maybe that was a bit no, I think that's a bit too more compli- like too complicated. Like there's uh, like there's an alternate version of this game where you play as the husband the whole mm. time and once the dis- and once you've come to the si- to the decision of what to do the game then swaps to the perspective of your wife mm. where you then get to see the fallout of this person's actions this is the i think this is the thing that makes it so gross is that you don't ever get you don't ever get to see the character that this all impacts how they really f- I mean you know how they feel about it they mm. fucking despise it and hate it but you never get to see how they process that information like if the ending's like where you abandon her okay so give us 20 minutes of just her trying to make sense of it yeah like or if you do end up staying together uh then without telling her anything then show what happens like you uh, it gets to the point where there's so many implications of the story yet you're not ready to actually deal uh like you refuse to engage with what the with what those actually do like with the big topics that they that they're touching on you have to be prepared to actually tell the full story instead of just letting it be like instead of letting it be from the abuser's point of view and not saying that media can't be from an abuser's point of Mm. view because i think that's probably one of the more interesting aspects of the game you can it just needs to be more nuanced in its game presented you need to you need to show it with some reverence for the victims of sex abuse and the game just never does what i feel like this game would have been good as is not as the medium it's in but as like one of like the Netflix interactive Band games, Snatch. yeah. Because Bandersnatch, you don't agree with the character, and he's also a shitty person. And like, great, great game. No, I agree. Like it's because uh, then it's also you're not you're choosing how like, but then that's also hard because the whole game is about interactive ability to an extent. So it depends what the story you're going to tell and why they chose this medium. But I think the game is only about inter interactability because try it grounds the story yeah it makes the fucking wild circus that is this game's narrative and makes you fundamentally work the minutiae of it to make it seem less insane mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily achieve that like if you are going to have such a small amount of objects and everything be interactable have it have some fucking personality like yeah you, there's no like uh with the mugs of water again like there's no reason why you couldn't have had a different selection of drinks in the fridge yeah or a conversation like oh hey because it's a time like a reason behind it in the first one you get the drink that she likes wrong but then in like the second time loop you get it right she's like oh my god you remember my favorite drink like yeah there's 
you they miss so many opportunities to make the actual game part of this feel like you are an actual character and instead has it be your character the interactability in your character is exclusively a vehicle to get to the weird incest story which like i know uh, like the way this story is laid out mm. and the threads that it is i know that whatever someone writes about does not necessarily mean that that's what's going on with them but the this dude just put a lot of thought into <laughs> into incest wow. like i I refuse to believe that this has not come from, <laughs> from, from somewhere. somewhere deep inside of their soul. But on that note, we are very much out of time. Are we? Well, I'm going to probably cut a lot of what we just said out. Because <laughs> I think we were on so many tangents that when I look back, I'm going to be like, I didn't... I'm going to try and make it cohesive. This is my favourite part about edit, the part it's like, right, I know that there's something solid in there, but sometimes just chiselling it out is a little bit hard. Because the rants and tangents are always fun, but do you know what they don't do? Make, Makes sense. Make for good listening. <laughs> I feel like my sections could be a bit easier, but I feel like because I feel like when it's your sections, it's more of a conversation, so then it's, it gets a bit harder to mm. decipher. But then I do also tend to pick topics that are... Conversational. Like, it, it's things that are, whether you're familiar with the material or not, yeah. it's like, I can say something about this. Yeah. So, Joe... So that, was, that was our finale for season one. What a wild ride. What a wild ride. Where, so we've taken you to... Psychological horror. <laughs> um, more psychological horror. <laughs> a lot of psychological horror, really, this episode. Yeah, uh, lots of... Please don't say a lot of incest, because Mary Kay and Ashley, that have been confirmed or speculated. But it has now. <laughs> That's actually what the mall's about. <laughs> about their relationship together that's why one's always a little bit oh further behind than the other the shopkeep is the incest baby oh my god here we go right uh where have we we've taken you on a journey so logical leaps in either my logic or a game developer's logic truly uh we've definitely said lots of things that are incorrect i, I mean i think we both had a a different interpretation of celebrity As again i don't what i love about this podcast is every time I think the theme is obvious and very cut or dry. We manage to find a way to both interpret it so differently. <laughs> like, miles apart. Like, not not even... Oh, the closest we have been is when we spoke about VR chat and Second Life. That is the closest <laughs> we have been to being on the same oh, topic. Oh, Joe, you can't make me mention theories on, the, <laughs> on this episode. But, oh, but I can... So how, what have you been playing? Uh, Overwatch 2. Mm, uh, same. It's fine. Mine's been a laggy mess. Same. I've been po playing Pokemon Coliseum. Mm -hmm. That was fun. What else have I been playing? Uh, I've been, to be fair, I've been going through a lot of Xbox Game Pass and just, like, I played a bit of Slave Aspire. Mm -hmm. Oh, I played some of Hi-Fi Dash, I think it's called. I feel like you'd like it. It okay. was not for me. Hi-Fi like, Rush. Yeah, like, it's very colourful, very, like, it is a good game. Mm. I just was like, this isn't a game for me. Like, I'm just not the target audience, and that's okay. Fair. Yeah. Um, what else have I been playing? Played a little bit of Immortality. Um, is that the 
film game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's on my what game? It, that's on my playlist. It, it's so good, but it is one of the. It's one of the. It's one of the games where you kind of have to really be in the mood for it because yeah. you have three full feature-length movies yeah, to I... scrub through. Like it's a lot, but I I think the story and what it does with games as a medium, I think is really cool. Yeah. Um. What else? What else have you been playing? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, not quite a video game. It's... Still been playing it, yeah. And that's been fun. Started a new campaign. Uh, I play. Uh, I, I play a, a, an octopus person. You love an animal person. I, look, if why I'm, am I the one with the theory accusations when you've got all this going on? Well, because I because you're a confirmed theory. Because I accept it. <laughs> I don't. I don't push back against it. I push back. <laughs> I'm accepting that I am degrees away from. From being a furry. The green way is being so generous as to what you are. Oh my god, what else have I been playing? I don't... Oh my god, I went on a date and we played Life is Strange on the oh, date. Oh, so cute! That was fun. Uh, Which was a very me date to have. Making someone play Life is Strange. I think what else I've been playing, but there's not... Boys Emotions. Fallout New Vegas again, you know. I keep meaning to play an Oblivion... Oh, what's it called? Like... Astronach run, where it's yeah, like yeah, you yeah, haven't yeah. got Magicka, like you can only like regal it from attacks or like potions. But like I just haven't got the energy to play like an RPG. No, I know what you mean. I already have so much on my like playlist. I can't play a game that I've already played. It's like what I'm doing on my TV list right now, where I got like The Last of Us on my like view list and all this, and instead I'm just rewatching Buffy. Right. Because Buffy is so good. Like, I've got a bunch of games that I kind of need to play because I've got some essays that I need to write that involve said games, and either I have not played them in a long time, <laughs> or I have yet to actually complete them. Yeah, it's... Like, Control is one that I need to play through properly. I'm so annoyed because when I downloaded Control, every time I press the spacebar, the game would crash, and I looked online and I could not find a solution that worked. I'm so annoyed. Do you uninstall and install? Joe, I love you so much. If you did you think I went through every single solution and did not think maybe I should uninstall and reinstall the game. Oh, another game I play uh, on itch on itch.io. Oh, butterflies, jet set radio, essentially. Oh, it, it was kind of cool. I don't like that you're playing itch.io games and still haven't played Celeste. Look, fair. Or Oxenfree. <laughs> Oxenfree is my from the of the go-to game ones that all came out on the good bundle. Like Oxenfree was my favorite. But I feel like you'd love Celeste. No, I know I would love Celeste. It's just... I played it all in the evening as well. It's more because I'm very mentally ill. I have really? to, I have to weigh up what the emotional impact is going to be on me. And if the Oh, aftermath... you will cry. Well, no, this is the thing. It's I know I will cry, but it depends on whether I will cry. And it will be like cathartic cry, or I will. it will then spiral me out. I think it's a good cry. Like Celeste is like a good message. I mean, in fairness, I was sobbing for 45 minutes after finishing a normal Lost Phone. Yeah, so. but I knew. I cried at normal Lost Phone. Like, normal Lost Phone is so good. I feel like, I feel like you'll, like, you'll enjoy Celeste. I feel like you'll see, feel, like, seen. Also, she's seen. trans, apparently. Yeah. Which I did not know last time, but now I do, because I look more into it. Celeste, the trans video game. Which actually makes a lot of sense, because the creator's trans. Cyberpunk's uh, DLC is coming out, so oh, yeah, I'm going to be insufferable in June. So, isn't it? Does it already allow non-binary characters, or is it just with the DLC? Do we have time? Look, We're at two-hour mark. Look, okay. So, 
there, there's no such thing as non-binary in cyberpunk. You're either male or you're female, and it's decided by the pitch of your voice, no matter what genitals you have. So, like, mm. yes, you can technically place someone non-binary as having a uh, a, a quote-unquote male voice with uh, female genitals, mm-hmm. but the game still treats you as a man. I feel like I saw something. Like, I don't know whether they've changed it. I don't know whether they've they're going to fundamentally change the character creator but it's it's one of my big gripes with cyberpunk is that you can just change the thing from it being gendered to just have it not be gendered in fact non-binary character creation oh another celebrity i'd like to give a shout out to in video games grimes in cyberpunk 2077 icon this is a very uncomfortable title but gaming magazine as in J Y M I N G. Yeah, yeah, I, I gather. <laughs> Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven doesn't adhere to the gender binary. It revels in it, which just makes it sound like a turf. When's the when twenty twenty? Yeah, that was when the character creator was first unveiled, and it was like, oh my god, it's so cool. And then you actually get to play in the game. It's like, oh no. Oh, okay. So what I saw was that in twenty nineteen, it was apparently revealed that the character creator will include non binary gender options, but. Believe that is not the final no, product. No, if I include non-binary gender options, uh, it just it just meant the physical body. Like the, there's so much to say. We haven't got the time. We haven't got the time. I've already done a whole episode. I also that. might just cut some of this out because I just know it's a conversation for another day. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> comments before you release the game about uh, incest and abuse maybe think through what you're trying to say with that game mm. that's kind of what i'm saying and celebrities if you're thinking of being in a video game maybe do some research in the same way that you would if you were accepting a film role if the game is gonna be trash don't participate because your name's on it forever i guess other sidebar tidbit the fact that notable sex pest Kevin Spacey got a got a shout out earlier uh, during the time period that he was uh, in Call of Duty was the time that the allegations I say allegations the assaults came to light and every, every House of Cards edited in out of an entire season of television yet Call of Duty still chose to keep Kevin Spacey inside. Are we surprised? Do I have any more? I mean, I've definitely got more thoughts and feelings. None of them are going to be relevant. No. So, um, yeah. Boo incest babies. Boo incest babies. I think my closing comment is, there is no hell like a class accessories. <laughs> <laughs>